Entertainment Man Podcast is brought to you by Crispy on the Web. Go to crispyontheweb.com for more information, social media, and much, much more. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Entertainment Man Podcast. I'm your host, Chris and Man. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to another interview podcast. This is like the third podcast. No, yeah, second or third podcast in a row. We're just, I'm just banging out more podcasts. Why not? Uh, today, we have Chidi. Is that that's how you pronounce your name? Yeah. How's it going? Very well. Thank you, actually. Yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, actually, can you, uh, first question is, do you, can you pronounce your name for us? This, I, I was trying to figure it out there the last bit. My name is Chidi. Mm-hmm. You know okay. how you Chili, but now you put a D in the uh, L. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Chidi Iwuchuku. Okay. Can you tell my followers a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Thanks for having me again. My name is Chidi. I am the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Coming to Canada, The Ultimate Success Guide for New Immigrants and Travelers. Uh, the book draws from my experience as a recent newcomer to Canada, um, supporting other families who have landed in Canada after we did and the work I did as the humanitarian director for the Igbo Cultural Association. In that role, I helped newcomers come in and settle and thrive by linking them up to community resources and by giving them critical information uh, during the settlement phase. So I decided to put all of that experience to, into a book to help people who are migrating abroad, mm-hmm. broadly, and Canada specifically, that they have a feel of what it looks like uh, to live in countries like Canada, United States, uh, UK. Uh, Australia, New Zealand, um, you know, uh, you get the idea, you know, so they can yeah. have it before. They, uh, yeah. So I um, I live in Edmonton in, in Canada. Uh, Edmonton, Alberta is a beautiful city. Uh, yeah. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a family actually out in Calgary, which is just south of Edmonton. Yep. So I know a little bit about the Edmonton area and all that. So I know about the Oilers. I know all about Edmonton. So it's kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But David <laughs> played last night uh, in the All Star. So that was awesome. Uh, where did you reside? before moving to Canada. Uh, where did you reside before moving to Canada? Oh, we, we were originally from Nigeria. Uh, okay. We came to Canada about going to six years now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did, what made you decide to move to Canada? Um, we've been, I have been widely traveled. Uh, I read in England. I read, I have gone on holidays across the world, including the United States, obviously, across the world and all that. I think it's the only continent I haven't visited right now is the South American continent, right? So mm-hmm. um, at some point we realized that um, we needed to go look for uh, global opportunities for the kids and mm-hmm. to have um, to expand yet, you know, expand our horizons and everything. Mm-hmm. And we decided to come to Canada because Canada looks quite promising, new, uh, relatively younger, um, a more a more active uh, population, um, population opportunities as we are. And so, yeah, that's why we came to Canada. Okay, it's a very beautiful country. I know that we know all that for a fact. Uh, yeah. So, how, you, how did you readjust to living in? Canada out west, especially as I know it's very cold there in the winter. Uh, but how did you readjust to you know life in Canada? Uh, because we've had the experience traveling abroad, it was a little bit easier. But then even even those experiences did not prepare us fully for the cultural shock. Mm-hmm. Because it's one thing for you to visit a country as a citizen, as a visitor, it's another thing for you to come in and to live permanently as a permanent resident. Because yeah. then you now have that talking about all the issues of uh, integration, like driving, like uh, taxis, like staying with.
with the weather. Uh, typically, as a tourist, you go when the weather is cool and you leave when the weather is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but now, so we, we had to come in here. Uh, it wasn't easy. Um, but there was something that was amazing about this country or that is still amazing about this country is that Canada gives you the, the support that you need to come in mm-hmm. to settle tribe. So we have settlement agencies encouraging and um, um, giving us information. We have cultural agencies, cultural organizations, community organizations like the ones I worked on, mm-hmm. uh, volunteered with, supporting us all the way. We had family uh, that some families that we met, you know, here are giving us uh, tips about how to move when we and you know along the journey. So all in all, it wasn't it was a difficult thing. It's still an ongoing thing, to be honest, you know. But the thing is, we look back and we we can say, yeah, we've come a long way. Um, finding school for the kids, finding a house, finding job. I think finding the job was the more the more stressful of all because um, it wasn't like we had anticipated, frankly speaking. But we we did what we could to put food on the table and moved on. And um, looking back, nice sped off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to talk about your book a little bit. You were talking uh, about a little bit about the the book. Um, did we cover what it was about, or do you, can you talk about what your book book is about? Yeah. So yeah, uh, the book is about all the key challenges, addresses all the key challenges that a newcomer to Canada will face. Okay. Um, like I said, I draw from my own personal experience, the, pers- the experience of other people in in our life and our circle, and those that we have helped at all. Uh, part of what we started was the mental change, the change of mindset that you need to have if you're coming from outside Canada, coming to Canada, because things are different here. Even if you're moving in from the United States. By the way, the United States has the fourth growing uh, community in Canada, the fourth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is amazing, right? You guys are crossing over the border. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a change of mindset. Can- a Canadian, between the United States, for example, and Canada, you will see that Canadians are a little bit more laid back, mm-hmm. much more polite, much, you know, not, not that aggressive on your face, uh, a little bit more uh, accommodating, in, in my opinion, um, not giving to, you know, not giving to over, over aggressiveness, you know, if I, we are assertive, but we're not aggressive, okay? Yeah. Uh, and then the the other thing, obviously, is uh, the con control, the school shooting, the other, all the other things that we don't, we hear about and all that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the cultural changes, and if you do not have a, a conversation around change of mindset, the things you expect and everything, you probably have a, a bit of challenge uh, settling in. So in chapter one of my book, that's what I talked about. Chapter two is what I talked about, the, the first, the things that people need to do first when once they land, you know, once you land yeah. in Canada, the things you need to do. Um, somebody had read my book and said to me, this should have been the first 14 days, and perhaps in a sense it could be, I can see where the person is coming from. Uh, it includes the statutory registration with government, etc., etc. Okay. Uh, in, in chapter three, I discussed some of the strategies that had helped us settle and become relatively successful in Canada. You know, I call it the successful, the success strategies uh, for living in Canada. Number four, we get into the nitty-gritty now, which is about looking for jobs. How do you look for jobs? Okay. And then number five, we talked about the Canadian um, work culture. So when you found the job, how do you keep? How do you navigate the Canadian work culture? Okay. So uh, after that, we moved into driving in Canada. And here is why it's important to talk about driving in Canada. In most other parts of the world, the uh, transit system is bigger, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's um, big, efficient, and um, always there. But in Canada, because of the landmass, Canada being, I think, the second biggest country in the world, because of the landmass, trains don't run, don't cross the country, right? So you right. have to drive. Now, because you have to drive, 
thrive and the Canadian government has policy of a zero um, death, zero policy so that they are trying to eliminate deaths by accident, motor accident, he slowed down a little bit, okay? Um, so everybody has to take the driving test, everybody has to, once you come in, everybody has to take the road test and all that. So it's a big deal. So for me, for example, I didn't know about it when we came in and now I'm putting it out there so that people would know. Incidentally, for people in the United States, they don't need to go through that, they just exchange their licenses for, for Canadian license. But for the other parts of the world, uh, some other parts of the world, you have to go through the the, 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 the driving test. After that, we talk about uh, marital relationship. We talked about parenting in North America for those who are coming in, especially like me who came in with teenagers. How do you parent them in an um, uh, intercultural manner? Because now there are things that you do in Canada that uh, you do back home that you can't do in Canada, right? For right. example, physical uh, um, um, punishment, for example, beating and all that, you know. And then we now get down to um, home ownership, the North American dream of home ownership. After that, close with participating in the community politics and leadership, you know. So it, it goes from preparing you from when you are coming in to becoming also a leader when you get to. Okay, all right, cool. Uh, so what inspired uh, writing this book? Uh, there were a couple of mistakes that we made when we came in here. I didn't want other people to make those mistakes, okay? okay. Number one. Okay. Number two is that um, I, the role I played as the director of humanitarian services means I had to speak to people individually. And I felt I can't always be available, right? I can't yeah. always be available yeah. to give that, that um, uh, those advice. So what I did was to write a book so that even those I know, those I don't know, can buy the book and get the same advice I give everybody. So that, that's so that I, at the end, you hit the ground running. I, you know, you don't come in and start figuring things out. We can tell you this is how to do this, this is how to do this, this is how to do this. I'll give you an example. One, when we came in, we had, I stayed months without a job, right? right. Um, right. And now I have had people, they come in in less than three weeks, some uh, one month, they find a job. Because I believe that the only time you can say you are you settled, you are settling in Canada is when you start earning Canadian dollar, right? right. And and the other thing is to prepare them for some of the shock that they will get because uh, the challenge is that you need Canadian experience to get Canadian work. And you need Canadian work to get Canadian experience. So that dilemma, how are you able to break that dilemma? It's one of the things that you find out from the book. Okay. How can this book help immigrants move to Canada or any country? Yeah, because Canada shares the same outlook, the same um, um, worldview and the same legal system with, like I said, the United States, the UK, uh, New Zealand, Australia, Malaysia, and all that. Um, this book helps you to understand and anticipate what's going to happen before you come in, right? Before mm -hmm. you come in. So, um, it gives you the idea of things from a Canadian point of view. It tells you how Canada is run. It tells you the things to expect when you come into Canada. It also talks to you about the Canadian work culture. For example, I'll talk a little bit about the work culture and what is, why it's important. Why are some other countries in the world are very direct? They will tell you things very direct. For example, if I want you to do something for me, I will ask you, please, Chris, can you do this for me? Right? Direct right. question. In Canada, you make it suggest, suggest it as if it's um, a, a something you are asking the person to consider. So, for example, instead of saying, Chris, can you put off that light? I'll, I'll put it in a way like, Chris, do you mind? Do you want to put off that light? So it becomes the person's decision, not not my, not mm -hmm. my. So, so those kind of small nuances when you're in the workplace can actually make a lot of difference from, from you because if somebody tells you, um, do you want to shut down your system and come over here? And you say, no, I don't want. You wouldn't know that it's actually the person's requesting for you to come uh, over and have a conversation or whatever it is. You, yeah. If you come from a culture where the questions are thrown on directly. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, how can this book help immigrants move? Oh, sorry, I already did that question. In a brief bio you sent me, you referred to when you mentioned uh, you wrote about things I wish I knew before landing and those I discovered through the maze called settlement. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, so there are there are a couple of things that uh, we thought that we knew about when we came in, but we found out that it was, we didn't know, right? We thought we had, we had we knew from our experience.
experiences traveling around the world. For example, just search in Canada. Mm -hmm. Okay. For example, the housing situation in Canada is, is a lot more different than than uh, what you have from back home or from the US where we came from when we go on vacation and from the UK where I'd study. Um, the other thing about it where um, the uh, the how in, how involved the government is in the life of Canadian, right? So there are there there are so many things that you need to be aware that the government will be looking at um, the tax system, for example. Um, we back home we, it was it is a different system from what we have here. That the fact that you have to do your taxes every year was a big big mm -hmm. revelation for us. Uh, the, I think one of the biggest revelations we are um, in terms of how responsive the government was, for example. Mm -hmm. You know the, the, the government was uh, Canada run uh, well, particularly in the province where I live. We run more or less a socialized healthcare system. So it, it's it comes it comes to me as a surprise that you could go to the hospital and you're not paying anything, right? You get medical attention and you're not paying anything, yeah. which is one big, which is one big surprise for me to be honest. And then the other the other part is how the education system is structured, where um, you pay next to nothing. So coming from my background where we spent so much money on this was a bit a, a little bit more uh, different. Okay, yeah, and uh, here in Ontario we have uh, called OHIP, so that's kind of like the the free healthcare kind of there yeah. too. What was your experience writing the book? Um, it was a, it was very interesting, right? I, yeah. I got more information. I had to do a lot of research. I had to sit up. I realized that writing the book was the easiest part of writing of producing the book is writing the book. Yeah. Now the other technical things surrounding how you order the book online, just to you and all that, I had to figure out on the way. Uh, but uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, uh, I have had I know a lot a little bit more now about the publishing industry. I know a little bit more about the uh, um, ITs that go with publishing and um, book marketing and all that. Uh, I am very glad about the way the book has been received. A lot of people have given me positive feedbacks um, that the book is actually helping them. And I've had people across the world reaching out to talk to me a little bit about their experience in Canada because it's one thing to say this is how everybody is looking towards Canada. The government is advertising. We need foreign trained professionals coming in. We need to, we are welcoming and all that. It's another thing for somebody inside to talk to you about their own particular experience. Say, yes, what the government is saying, but this is what the reality is. And so, yeah, it is interesting. Okay, that's cool. Uh, how how, uh, how was your life, how has your life changed being a first-time author? Oh, a lot of activities, um, a lot of uh, engagements, trying to promote the book, try, try talking to um, influencers like you, um, speaking to people all over the world, uh, writing um, um, blog, blog notes and all that. Uh, and then juggling all of that with a full-time job and with, with family and a basketball uh, dad and all that. So it's been quite hectic, but very, very uh, rewarding in the sense that here are my thoughts, here are the things that I went through and putting them together, giving information, and now people are appreciating it and, and people are asking me to come talk about them. It's, uh, it's amazing. Okay, cool. That's really cool. Can you talk about your uh, your work as director as Igbo Cultural Association of Edmonton? Yeah, so um, this is a part of uh, the community from Nigeria where I come from. So when I came in here, I linked up with them and I brought all the skills because before I came to Canada, I was a mid, I was a senior manager in the bank. So I felt that I had the skills to support the organization uh, to volunteer there. And so um, a couple of meetings down the line, they said to me, why don't you go run this, this unit? And um, we helped newcomers come in. Um, the way I looked at it was helping you arrive, thrive and survive, you know, settle and survive. And, and we give them information. There are a whole lot of things that are going on. One of the things I found about Canada is that there are information around. 
important. But if you don't have that information, you won't be able to benefit from it. You won't be able to utilize it. And unless yeah. somebody who, or somebody who knows or somebody who is involved, who you uh, who is involved in your circle gives you that information, you will never know, right? Yeah. So uh, one of the key things that I did on, in that role is to provide that information and to say, this is what you need to do. 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 I'll give you an example. The one that commoners is that uh, if people come in here and they need to work, they need to get the standard first aid certification, right? right. Standard first education averagely costs about between $150 to $250. However, there are government opportunities, there are government agencies that can give you that for free. So linking people up to those kind of opportunities, we are serving them $250 for a newcomer. That's huge. Yeah, it is. It definitely is huge. And it's good to have those, uh, I, I don't know if we would call it tools, but I guess those options, I guess. It's really good yeah. to have those options. And many of them exist. Many of them exist. So part of my work is to research, find out some of them, find mm-hmm. out which organization is doing what, which settlement agency is doing what, how to go about it, and then share that information with those who are coming behind me so that people don't make the same mistake, like I said, that, that I made when I came in. Yeah, exactly. Why were you interested in doing this position? Which one? The, for the Igbo Cultural Association? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was something the community asked me to do, and they felt that I had the skills, they felt that I had the, and they felt that I had the recent experience, you know, okay. uh, that I, I've gone through that road, so I know what I went through, mm-hmm. then I'm able to guide other people who are coming in to make sure that they hit the ground running. So it, it was a call to serve, and I serve, and I hope that can, people can say that I serve the best of my ability. Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. What What is interesting about your job? Um, I it's it's a different thing that I'm doing right now from what I did back home. I was a banker back home. Right now, I'm working with people. I'm working in the disability field. I manage a team of very dedicated people who work with people who have intellectual disability and uh, developmental delays. So it's a different world from uh, it's a different role from the hard hitting, target driven, um, number crunching world of banking to coming in and working with supporting the people who have um, developmental delays and disability. I can and I can tell you, Chris, it's the most rewarding thing I have done in my life mm-hmm. because now my success is not being measured by numbers. In numbers, my success is being measured by how enriching, how engaging, how these people are participating in the community, how they are feeling loved and belonged in the community. And for me, it, it, that's that's what I want to spend this part of my life doing: supporting people, helping people. And I guess it's the fallout of that that work I'm doing that also made me start writing this book, so that even those immigrants who need support, who need help, you know, they um, can also get some form of uh, assistance from me. So it's very rewarding work, and I I love it. <laughs> Good. What do you take away? Oh, sorry. Uh, in this challenging times, how has it affected your job at all, if at all? Yeah. Um. With COVID, uh, it's been um very very interesting. Uh, last last two weeks, uh, we had an outbreak in the home. We had to stop. Look like uh, all those scientists that you see and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been it's been very very uh, challenging. But here again, cause of my leadership skills. So I was able to uh, provide that leadership, make everybody not panic, make everybody understand that we're gonna go get a, get over this yeah. and slowly and gradually we covered our our house from the outbreak. A couple of people tested positive to COVID. We got them properly quarantined, properly isolated, gave them food, get keep them hydrated and everything. You know, they they all the work, you know. And what more importantly for me is that I was able to keep that mental positive vibe going around around the team and we were able to get out from it. Yeah. So um it's also challenging that um sometimes you wake up in the morning and the 
person who's supposed to work is not feeling well and you have to scramble to get your staffing right in. But yeah, we, we've been doing that for the past uh, six months, I think. That's good. That's good to hear. What do you take away from, uh, sorry, what do you take away with you on this experience? Anything you would change? Uh, no, uh, the biggest room in the world is the room to go, right? So we keep learning, we keep growing, we keep um, um, expanding, keep finding ways. I believe that there are more opportunities for growth out there if we keep that mental mind, mindset, that mental state of uh, learning. So I keep learning. We keep learning from everybody I meet, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what, who the person is. Um, and I've, I I file those in and I put them into, into the work I do and to all the activities I'm engaged in. Okay. Anything else you would like to add before we wrap up today's episode that we didn't cover? Um, so it's where people can find the book. <laughs> yes. So the book is on Amazon.com. Amazon.ca is on Nabu um, Sambans. You can find it at Indigo Chapters. Um, all the major bookshops around the world. Or you can send me an email and we will um, have a conversation about how you can get it from my landing page if you wanted. But the book is here uh, and is available uh, all over for everybody who who um, is interested in conversations uh, around the settlement, um, um, migrating to Canada, the work culture, leadership in workspace, etc., etc. All right. Uh, any social or social media? Uh, sorry, any social media you like to promote? Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook as GDC Iwuchuku on Facebook. I'm on um, LinkedIn. Uh, I am on Twitter. You can follow me on all of this. I'm also on Instagram. So you can follow me on all of this. I Chris will be providing the links I'll be sending to him mm-hmm. so you can provide the, those links on um, uh, the podcast. Yeah, I'll put it in the link description on YouTube and the link description on the audio only and crispyalawet.com. They will all be on there for you guys to check out as well. And Chidi, I'd like to thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me and it's a pleasure talking to you. No problem. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of Edgeman Podcast. As always, as you knew, if you are new to the podcast, please do subscribe to the audio, to the video version of the podcast on YouTube. Audio only, as always. And I will see you guys next week for a, another interview of uh, here on the podcast. Until then, thanks for wa- listening, guys. We'll see you. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday for the bonus episode and then the interview on, thir- on Sunday. Till then, thanks for watching. I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Bye for now.